Hello, listeners. Let me introduce you to Sinisterhood, a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy and gives you the deep dives and thorough research you want. Best friends and longtime comedians Christy Wallace and Heather McKinney cover things like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, and even do legal deep dives into things like the Britney Spears conservatorship and the legal drama surrounding Erica Girardi from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. While you're listening, make sure to subscribe to Sinisterhood via the link in the episode description on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for the intro. I'm Christy. And I'm Heather, and we're the hosts of Sinisterhood, a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy. We bring you the deep dive on all the topics you desire, like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, hauntings, and even true crime in the news, like the Real Housewives legal woes, Britney Spears' conservatorship, and the Murdoch family murders. You're about to hear a clip from our coverage on the wrongful conviction of Clemente Aguirre. We discuss some of the elements that worked against Clemente at trial and that led him to being sentenced to death row for a crime he didn't commit. You'll also hear my explanation as a licensed attorney about the process for appeals in cases like these and the evidence necessary to prevail in overturning conviction. Our full episode covers the mountains of evidence that exoneration attorneys combed through in an effort to help Clemente try to secure his freedom. Thanks so much for checking it out and keep it creepy. The trial court condemned Clemente to death for the murders and sentenced him to life in prison for the burglary. During that portion of the trial, Clemente rose from his seat and shouted, They're trying to kill me for no reason. I didn't do it. I didn't kill nobody. According to the Innocence Project. It's so heartbreaking because in his trial, he's the only one that is advocating for himself. I mean, his mm-hmm. defense attorney's not doing shit. He's the only one that's testifying. So, I mean, he's basically representing himself in this trial. Mm-hmm. And then he goes here and, I mean, it's just no one is there fighting on his behalf. And to reiterate, too, he didn't speak English either. Yeah. He barely, I mean, he had some grasp of it, for, but for the most part needed translation and so you know like you said he's essentially representing himself but he it's not even like he's has the wherewithal the ability to make objections and things like that Mm -hmm. you're relying on the attorney next to you and they ain't doing shit for you and that's already a a whole other i mean being in a murder trial and you're on trial is one thing and then you add on the whole thing's going on in a language that i don't speak so mm-hmm. everything is being translated to you. That's just even more stressful. And you, out, you know what I mean? You're just out of your mind. You have to wear these headphones in order to hear the translator to speak to you. So you're hearing everything on a delay mm-hmm. anyway. So then in theory, even if they say something objectionable and you like elbow your attorney and you're like, that's not true. They're lying. Like, you, you know, here's a thing you could say on cross-examination. Like, you can't really. They also didn't send, um, there was some language barriers with the police that they sent to chat with him that for the most part, they denied him um, officers that spoke Spanish um, and would basically just have them scream at him until he would answer in English. And he's like, I didn't, though. So they just kept on screaming because I couldn't answer in English. You know, God. you can't scream somebody, you know, into uh, uh, speaking a different language. So, no. yeah, so it, it was. And so, uh, again, too, wearing those headphones then the jury knows that that's translation, you know, that he's having to have it translated. Then you also just have the implicit bias of jurors yeah. 
of saying, oh, you know, he's brown. He doesn't even speak English. I mean, you have this bias that comes against. I mean, you're, the, the cards are stacked against you. Mm-hmm. It's not a fair system that you want to get. And what you would want to do is you want to have a defense attorney who humanizes him, mm-hmm. who puts him on the stand and is like, tell us when you won American Idol. And, you know, what, tell yeah. us when you won your Honduran Idol. You know, what, tell us about your childhood. And tell why, us about why you game. fled your, your country. Yeah, why you came here, you know, seeking asylum ultimately you want to like it's just it, that's why you're here and instead of humanizing someone and saying like this is a person the wrong place wrong time this is what it was like well that's what's gonna happen so sorry following his conviction clemente's attorney filed a post-conviction challenge in trial court but was denied in 2007 it was discovered that donna burks one of the experts who testified that clemente's fingerprint was definitely on the knife was actually wrong. The print was not clear enough to conclusively prove it was Clemente's, an error discovered and reported by a co-worker of Burke's. Although his attorneys once again tried to appeal, in 2009, the Florida Supreme Court upheld his convictions and sentences. In 2010, the United States Supreme Court denied Clemente's petition for a writ of cert. Yeah, I mean, he piece by piece is coming out, but ultimately that DNA is the key that's going to unlock this. And at no point was that tested. So is it that the the next court sees that the first one denied it? So they're just like, we're not going to argue it and, and throw a wrench into this now? Well, so the only way that you can really appeal is there's... There has to be a basis, right? You can't just be like, we don't like the, the how it came out. What you would do is you say, okay, I want to appeal because there's new evidence that came out. And this new evidence is that the expert, quote unquote, literally was wrong. Like they, which this actually happened in Texas, a case I would love to cover. There was a psychologist that testified in all these death penalty cases that said with, a, I can tell you with an a absolute degree of medical certainty that this person cannot be reformed and therefore must have the death penalty which is like i don't know i'm not a psychologist not a doctor but you can't know that like you right. can't know 100 percent that someone's you know irreversible um you know they can't be saved or whatever or they can't be reformed and so later on when you find out okay this person testified with this degree of medical certainty or with this expertise and that was wrong that could be a cause for re-examining you want a new trial but in this case, the the courts were saying, well, that's not really sufficient for a new... That's not yeah, really sufficient Yeah, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. So that's what you have to... Yeah, and that's what you have to do is you have to go like, okay, there's 20 pieces of evidence and this one single one we think is wrong. Well, an appeals court may go, yeah, no, we're not going to overturn based on that. But if you go... There's 20 pieces of evidence, but then this one new piece is a person literally confessing to it that's not the person convicted. Then an appeals court go, well, maybe, okay, yeah, we probably do need to retry it because that could be reasonable doubt. That same year, in 2010, Samantha Williams twice confessed to the murders to her friend Nicole Casey, saying that demons in her head made her kill her mother and grandmother, according to appellate records. As Samantha said this, she pantomimed stabbing motions to her chest. Uh, one of the most mind-boggling things was listening to oral arguments and the parsing of what counts as a confession. And, like, does this count as a confession? Does the things she say later count as confessions? And so it's almost as if the system was just, like, really trying to keep him in jail. Yeah. Like so you what have counts like, as a confession? Well, that's—the the exoneration attorneys were like, I'm sorry— 
I feel like I'm in another universe. I'm in a bizarro <laughs> world. She literally said yeah. this exact thing. They're like, but could have been a joke. It could have been. We don't know. Who's to say what it is? It's it's I mean, the most frustrating 